Michael Benson. This is the podcast Top Notch Nonsense. We are going to be uh, talking today of two Satan-esque movies. Uh, This is the podcast where we deconstruct and interrogate unusual, obscure, extreme, or uh, worrisome uh, genre movies. Uh, Yeah, and this week we are doing... uh, the Devil's Reign from 1975 and The Ninth Gate from, uh, which was released in 2000, but was uh, originally uh, in the United States, but was re- originally released in 1999 overseas. Um, <clears throat> we're first going to go into uh, 1975 and just to uh, give you an idea of what culture and life was like. During uh, in July of 1975, the um, the type uh, the movies that were coming out that month are uh, called God's Bloody Acre, Half a Horse, The Apple Dumpling Gang that that came out in July of 1975, which is interesting. Uh, Bucktown, The Drowning Pool with. Uh, Paul Newman, and, of course, Frightmare came out July 4th, 1975. Uh, Entire freaking, as far as, as far as the music was concerned, we were, uh, Carpenters, Roger Daltrey, freaking uh, Gary Wright released his Dreamweaver album that week. Fucking Fleetwood Mac uh, released their self-titled debut that month, um, and Ernest Borgnine was, let's just say, in like a lot of things during the like. Uh, similarly, William Shatner uh, was walking around in the wilderness in the night in 1975, just doing anything that they can. Especially William Shatner, who just seemed to be taking a lot of game show stuff and going on about that. Let's let's start with the Devil's Reign in 1975. Fluffy, fluffy tail. A satanic kitty. Yeah. Is he a satanic baby pan? Yeah, satanic baby pan. You know, we're talking about the devil movie, so you want to be here? The big furry black kitty? Big furry black kitty. I'm recording this just so I can... Like, yeah, I figured. Opening images of this movie were really fucking nuts. Those I... were very interesting. I actually really liked those. Hieronymus Bosch, that's who the artist was. Um, it Because that... Uh, I think I've seen, heard his name before, but I don't remember any of his paintings other than this one. This is really struck out, struck out to me. I think it's his painting of of hell itself. I think that's what it is, yeah, if it I'm not very, mistaken. Very medieval, very Dante's Inferno looking. Yeah, the um, the little characters in that were like much... Actually, this if they just did the entire movie, just this painting, you know, just... You know, basing stuff off of this painting or just doing similar imagery to this, that, that would have been, been a, cool, a much yeah. better, uh, slightly much better, <laughs> much better movie or much more, uh, maybe more focused. But yeah, it was just uh, the, what a great way to open up to a very strange, odd 
Very... Oh, the credits, yeah, with all these crazy paintings of people being tortured and whatnot. And these, uh, like, little demon-like things. That, the demons look very humanistic and very, yeah, just, uh Anyway, and there was, yeah, it's just... So I, I really like that uh, the uh, Hieronymus... I, I, I want to find some of his paintings just to, yeah, you know, print out Yeah, I that imagery, whatever. but the yeah. rest of the imagery... The rest of the movie look. isn't as good as the freaking first two cheesy. minutes. Hey, buddy, stop it. I know, I know what you're doing. You're being a Satanist. You're you're being a, a powerful Ernest Borgnine to a horrible William Shatner. William Shatner, also <laughs> known as Mr. Boo, needs not to be pounced on. That's, that's the other thing. It's just he Ernest Borgnine the, uh, and uh, Ernest. They've been all working throughout the everything. They didn't really stop working this cast. Uh, this cast, but you know, he was pretty lost. At least William Shatner was pretty lost. He uh, Ernest Borgnine had enough. He had an Oscar. He did some other stuff, but post uh, Star Trek, he he tried his hand at some uh, hand at some stuff, and he kind of failed. And then people weren't booking any, him anymore once he stopped doing Star Trek adjacent stuff or something in that mold in the late sixties. So by the time. It, it, he got to the seventies. He was just taking shit gig after shit gig after well, shit gig. What about the Star Trek to, movies as well? Well, the Star Trek movies started in seventy nine. This is seventy five. Okay. Okay. So, like he, uh, I think I, I forget when Star Trek ends, but uh, the original Star Trek ends. Maybe we can find that yeah, out. Yeah, let's but, look that up. Yeah, but he's uh, he's pretty much he's pretty much fucked right now. He's, I mean, he's he's taking awful awful gigs. This is a guy who. Had did some of his best work on TV, and uh, it just yeah, didn't yeah. really work. Um, the uh, the Twilight Zone episodes he did yeah. were were Incredible. my favorite. I actually like I and iconic. Actually, yeah, I actually prefer Nick of Time over the what was it Terror at thirty three thousand feet or something. Even though that's a really good one, that's a classic. But I always have you like Nick have of you time. seen the giant debt movie Nick of Time? Another debt movie. You know, we were talking about debt a little bit later on. No, I haven't seen that one. That is also a time. It's a time traveling movie that's very bad. Uh, so Star Trek the original series was from sixty six to sixty nine. So it was so only a it few was years. right afterwards. But he. You know, he wanted to overcome typecasting as well, so he wanted to do as much different type But he of still shit. was just playing William Shatner. Yeah, he said, no matter what, yeah, that's the whole thing. I have this in so many of my notes. William Shatner being William Shatner, he is never not William Shatner, even because he got stuck in that and he tried to branch, he tried to branch out and it just, he got, st- it's just awful. Anyway, but, uh... Yeah, he did a whole bunch of uh, movies in the 70s that are very kitschy that we might want to visit. But, um, yeah, uh, The Horror at 37,000, that was... 37,000 feet. That's 1973. That's two years before. Kingdom of the Spiders in 1977. I mean, that's... Big Bad Mama in 1974. So he was doing all sorts of, like, really exploitation-y type of stuff. But he wanted to... Anyway, so we're getting a little bit off track. When when I first saw Anton LaVey as the technical advisor... He's the technical advisor on this film, I know. And he also plays one of the priests. But the more I kept watching it, and I think he actually wrote some of the chanting, but it's kind of like, dude, why did you go that deep? He needed the. He probably needed the money. I think he needed the money. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I'm just saying. Why did the movie feel the need to go that deep? Because everything that was in this, you know, the costumes, the chanting, the fucking 
mask and horns that Borgnine is wearing later in the film. It's like that's all stuff any any rando. It could makes have sense. About yeah. Oh my gosh. Really? Is that what you guys do? You wear cloaks and you chant? Really? I had, I couldn't have figured that out. Yeah. I I need to hire some fucker. Now I I honestly think is uh, we have to make sure the text is correct. I want to make sure the text is. I'm sure the text and whatever ooies and owies they're making outside their mouths. And I hey I'm I'm a different type of Satanist. I'm not the type of Satanist that goes into a room and does all sorts of like I don't want to fucking control somebody else's life. I'm a different type of Satanist. But let's move on. That this is a you know all Satanist movie give Satan's a bad rap. But let's move on. There are different types. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I yeah we could have figured oh is it all red is it all black are we sacrificing a seventeen year old I didn't realize that that's what we were gonna be doing oh I couldn't have figured that no really but um the 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 most striking thing about this movie are the visual effects in the faces when they fucking you all know, the all the weird followers I just call them the the black the black robe people the people yeah. in the black hoods. They they don't have eyes. They don't have eyes. None of them have eyes. And that's the scariest thing and about that this. That was that was freaky. That makeup was actually pretty decent. Yeah, just and, to see these and something people with eye sockets. And I don't think I've seen that in another movie. And nothing that really that per, that specific. I've seen similar things like that, but nothing that uh, kind of horrifying. Because yeah, or not horrifying. I wonder if it was supposed to be symbolic. Like once you get to be a part of this cult, you no longer see things. Yeah. Or if I'm just looking too deep. No, into it, it. I, no, that's that, that's probably. So, and the names, I mean, it, the whole movie is bullshit. It doesn't make any, uh, not a lot of sense. No, not I mean, really. Not really. And, but that's not really the fun of it. The fun of it is seeing, you know, two titans of the fucking 60s or, you know, a titan and, you know, a TV star, you know, basically <laughs> try to take control. And uh, it's... It, his name, Ernest Borgnine's character is co- named Corbus. And they say it all so the time. many times in this movie. Is it Corbus? Is it Cor- Corbus is going to want the book. Do the book. Are you going to go see Corbus? Oh, I got to drive out to the desert and see Corbus. Yeah, make sure Corbus gets that book. He wants that book. He is uh, a book. Is... I mean, and, and after, okay, so so Shatner's there with his mom and they find the, the book isn't... But they find the book is missing, or he has the book, and he's trying to make sure Corpus doesn't get the book, and his dad shows up, and his face is melting, Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, what it's, the fuck is this man? It's more, it, 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 like I said, and John Travolta's in this, I did not see John Travolta at all, he's, uh, supposedly playing, I guess, jo- his name is John. No, no, Eilis Travol- Travolta was, I actually have him in my notes several times, he is one of the bigger um, Black Hood dudes, he shows up as a cowboy, and, oh. and beats up um, okay. Tom oh, Skerritt. Oh, shit. That yeah. was him. Okay. And he's also, when Tom Skerritt goes into the um, the coven deal, yeah. it's Eilis Travolta oh. that thinks on him and points him out and tries to take him down. That that was him. It's just, it it, it he's not super, super... Pro- it's just, I, I, you can tell because of the hair. Yeah, yeah. You can't see his Travolta eyes because in, there, in that one scene... His eyes are just, he's eyeless Travolta, but there's just fire in the back of the scene. And that's when we, I was very, very confused. Because that's when we see Ernest Borgnine talking to um, William Shatner and various other people. And they're all dressed like pilgrims. And I'm like, whoa, wait, why are they pilgrims now? What the hell happened? And I'm like, oh, there's a red filter. This is a flashback. Okay, that took me a fucking second. Yeah. And it, it... 
it it just it's probably one of the most confusing movies it's I've because, ever. Yeah, Tom Skerritt's wife because. Okay, so William Shatner drives out to see Corvus, and he drives for fucking ever, man. He drives, like, across two or three different states through the desert, and he gets to this this Nowheresville. What, what, what was it called? This, like, gnarly ghost town. It was called, like, Red Rock or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Red Ridge, something like that. So he's in this ghost town, and he goes to pump the water, and he's like, ah, it's bitter. And Borgnine's just like, yeah, sweet way to end a thirst, huh? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? What are you talking? There's a bitter drink. My name is Corvus. And he's all like, yeah, your faith against mine. My faith, yeah. It's a, and it's my like, faith oh, faith. shit, okay. Like, battle, f- well, faith, we'll find out who's the po- more powerful made-up thing. This is fucking Satan or your Jesus guy. And, uh, and yeah. None, yeah, none of this makes any sense until we get to the pilgrim scene. But then, you know, um, William Shatner is like, well, my mother and father go with me if I win. <laughs> Borgnine's like, if you lose, the book. And I, you, if and you lose, if your faith loses, and we don't know what this competition's supposed to be, he gets this fucking book, which I guess is really important, because yeah. he has like a, a, a bodied crucifix on it, so you know it's important. Well, they have to use the book because the book can, you know, I, it, it's... It, it is slightly similar to the next movie we're going to be talking about. You, they need the book to conjure a dark spirit. It, and in the next movie, Ninth Gate is actually supposed to conjure actual Satan. That is one and thing then, I like about Satanist movies is they promote literacy. Yeah, Books exactly. Reading, 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 reading. Reading is fundamental. It is fantastic and is needed to uh, obtain knowledge in which you can hold people over people's heads. That's the... Uh, never mind. But, um, no, but, uh, it's, uh, it's so fucking <laughs> Yeah, so then they go, bullshit. yeah, then they go into this old church, um, and it's, you know, it's this whole satanic temple deal. I did enjoy, though, that once, um, Borgnine was, you know, he's the high priest, and you can tell that because he's wearing red, and everyone else is wearing black, with this gnarly, like, WWE belt thing he has going on, and yeah. this big medallion. Yeah. So you know he's important, because he's wearing the jewelry. Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, that, I, that that's with most most religions. Whoever's yeah, who's wearing the most jewelry is the or the stuff. biggest hat is the most important dude. Yeah, that old Carlin bit. Yeah. Yes. That. Yeah. That's right. That is a Carlin bit with the hats. Um, I did like. Did you notice that super cartoony stained glass window behind Borgnine? I did. Hello, handsome. Our wonderful kitty oh, loves. Uh, loves you. I mean, there's things. nothing better. He lo- He's a big Shatner fan he he really enjoys black kitties love the satan talk oh yeah the the big cartoony stained glass window with like this um this just a goat head and a star behind it but it was like it wasn't like the black and red creepy it no. was it was like it was like yellow and blue and it was very like pop art pop art with a goat head um yeah there is there's nothing there's nothing better so, yeah, so they're doing the satanic chanting, and of course they got an organ playing, because you need an organ playing if you're going to do Satan stuff. And then, uh, eventually, yeah. And then and then Shatner, he's like doing like the Our Father, and it's like, okay, so this is my faith against yours. Uh, chanting versus an Our Father. Okay, let's see And he's see wearing the goes. amulet, uh, Shatner's wearing the amulet. Eventually. Oh, yeah, he yeah. got the amulet from that guy John, that rando John. We still don't know what his deal was. Yeah, there, there's so many loose... 
loose little strips of narrative that are never really paid off and not really that are just like oh this guy also had this okay now it just seems like it it seems like this was written by people who are who were severely high while writing or just on or just like it it is a corman picture but still it it doesn't seem like they're uh so there must there's a whenever you're doing that there's always a good portion of it that's mismatched and put together and you're putting uh you're putting different footage into other footage like uh like some uh, more movies that we saw oh the last week and when they fucking even, even though that wasn't corman uh corman that was i think that was corman and jason but yeah it's just uh yeah but no, it was it was it was oh it was i thought EP, yeah it was. it was ep'd by corman um on the down low yeah. We're talking about oh what what was that movie called? Oh we'll we'll get to it. I have it all written down. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's um it just that we find out uh, uh, and the mo- <laughs> there are yeah. mother characters yeah, that his, turn into his his, his mother sp- showed up. She was an eyeless zombie black hood person. Mother is a zombie sickness. And it's kind of like, okay, you were at the back of the house. Shatner had to drive through like Nevada and Arizona and New Mexico, and she just magically showed up there. Like, damn, dude, that guy must have gone through like two tanks of gas. All right, um, just, uh, just so we can give a, uh, just so we can uh, give a context. Um, also, I don't know if I there's uh, context. That, no, no, just no, just the context of when this movie came out. These were the movies that came out in August, nineteen seventy five. So here we go. I wanna, I'll just take this for a moment. Farewell, my lovely, some butterflies, brother, can you spare a dime, Chino, Waves of Lust, ooh, oh, Waves of well, Lust, with, uh, directed by Ruggiero Dodato, A Woman for All Men, another sexy foreign movie, mm. Soap Opera, the first traveling soap opera in the history of American show business, that, you know, this, what? It, <laughs> you're, you're not good. Oh, uh, Boss N Word, um, oh. which is a fantastic ex- black exploitation movie um, that I really enjoy quite a bit. Here's not Coonskin. I'm not happy about saying that, but that came out August 20th, 1975. It might uh, have been about raccoons. We no, know. it is. It, it's not. Oh. Um, it's it, it's it's some it's not it's something entirely different. I'll yeah, but uh, sophomore sensations. This was what? just this was uh, just as the um, uh, just as the porn movies were starting to get oh, into theaters, or, or, or you know, or softcore exploitation stuff. A lot of this stuff is kind of exploitation stuff because the big, heavy, wonderful movies were only there's only like a handful of them, and they didn't really know what to do in the middle seventies except give it to hardcore wonderful creative people or just try to make money in any sort of way possible because it was the 70s and they had no idea what the kids wanted and so uh, Mm. for that 10 years from like 67 to 77 they were kind of relying this was like post the studio system right and yeah yeah studio system fucking collapsed in the mid middle 60s because you know no one was going to see stupid bullshit musicals and uh, all sorts of dumbass you know dumbass comedies so when they tried to get uh, they tried to get the counterculture uh, dollar when they saw how important 
shortened uh, Bonnie. How many people flocked to Bonnie and Clyde because that was violent and experimental and interesting. And so for that ten years, right before Heaven, uh, uh, you know, the ending was Heaven's Gate, which was in the late seventies, early eighties. I think came out in eighty one. That's uh, that. That's what uh, Lot made uh, big studio system just lose a whole bunch of money. Anyway, so but throughout the seventies. They were. That's why they're. That's why there's so many great '70s movies. So the ones that were amazing were amazing, and then anything else that they had, they were just trying to go at uh, whatever would make the most money and would be quick and easy to do. And exploitation movies are easy to do. That's why yeah, you get. Yeah, and the Hays Code was over, and the rating system came in, so things opened up a lot. And opened up a lot. Show. We. Uh, so that's why you get and movies like Pick Up. Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days, Little Moon and Judd McGraw, Hunchback of the Morgue, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> Abigail Leslie is back in town, oh my, <laughs> but the, the, uh, just, uh, so that's, that's the month of 19, of August 1975, that was, those were the movies that were released, sorry, we'll get back to the fucking thing, but it's, I just wanted to, uh, that overall this movie uh, has uh, is touching on so many weird there's ESP control stuff that is not fully fleshed out there's so many interesting ideas in this and you know the costumes are correct according to Anton LaVey and the words are correct but the movie doesn't well, he make made any it actual in the first sense place, didn't he? what what he made all that stuff up yeah no he's place. the found, he's the founder of a very of that a specific type of of the original Satanism. Well, yeah, I guess great. I guess there was Crowley back in the day. The, yeah, I'm yeah, and they both had different ideas of how to you know get in touch with the dark side. Anyway, or you know similar ideas. Anyway, but it just I have never seen Tom Skerritt this young. This it, it, he looks so fucking handsome in this. I didn't even notice it was him for the first like ten minutes until oh, it's like oh I, I saw his name and then just like oh Tom Skerritt is in this and it just took me a little while. But oh that's his fucking face and just but um yeah he plays some sort of doctor that or a doctor adjacent to the um the real doctor the guy from Green Acres <laughs> plays the the main ESP doctor here yeah. So Tom Skerritt's wife is some sort of um, clairvoyant or something. Yeah, some who sort can of control her heart rate with her mind, and she's the one that was able to see the visions in in Eyeless Travolta's fire sockets of the Pilgrim time. So we actually get the backstory of what the fuck is going on near the middle of the film. <laughs> and we get some sort of and it, and we grab hold of that because. So much of this didn't really – we're lost for the first, like, th third of the movie yeah, or whatever so it is. Apparently, Borgnine's faith won against Shatner's Our Fathers and oh, whatnot. Of course. And then they're, they Satan. got a hold of him, and he's eyeless, and they're going to sacrifice him. And then, yeah, and then we just completely leave that entire <laughs> goodbye to go into the hospital where they're doing this um, all this ESP shit. And then um, – oh <laughs> – Somehow, the doctor... What's the doctor's name? What's that dude's name? The guy from Green Acres. Oh, fucking Jesus. Uh, Dr. Richards. Richards from Green Acres. Yeah, Dr. Sam Richards, Dr. Eddie Richards. Albert. Yeah. Eddie Albert. He apparently knows about all this stuff, and um, they find out that Shatner's 
um, been taken. So Tom Skerritt's like, ah, I gotta get my brother. And it's like, oh, that's how these scenes are connected. They're related. Okay, Okay, you didn't... That wasn't put together well at all. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah that was kind of a surprise. That's... So he has to go to... Um, it's Redstone is the name of the town. Redstone. Yeah, Redstone. He has to talk to that John guy who apparently knows all this gnarliness about the book that's written in blood that has to do with their family 300 years ago in Pilgrim times. <laughs> and is like, oh, so I gotta, go. I guess I gotta go to talk to this Corpus guy and try and get my brother back. It's like, how did William Shatner know about all this stuff and how he had to save his parents from this evil Corpus guy? But Tom Scare is just off being a professor and like doesn't know anything about his family's devil bullshit. It it doesn't make any. I I don't I don't I don't know. No, that, that's a failure of the movie. Yeah, that's one of the failures. Of this <laughs> one of the failures of the movie. The other uh uh just <laughs> God damn it. Ida Lupino is in. I mean, a really well known classic actress is in this fucking thing. I, I had no idea why. I mean, other than money, there's Everybody no real. Everybody got to eat, babe. Yeah, but I just that's whole. It's just. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. So much of this movie doesn't make any sense. And if it sounds like we're not, we're trying to make sense of it. It's just, oh god. Um. So yeah, Scarrett goes with his wife. Yeah. Um, to find Shatner and his parents. And one thing that I think is kind of interesting, um, because this is sort of foreshadowing, but in a really bad way. Yeah. Was his wife? I think her name is Julia. Says, um. They, they go to Redstone, and they see the church where all the satanic shit is happening, and they're just outside, and she says, I've seen churches like this in New England. It doesn't belong here, because they're in the desert of the Southwest. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's fucking interesting. I hope they get into that. They no, do not. not. No, they don't. Um, the, I did like... Uh, there. Uh, the one thing that is kind of saving this movie throughout, or there's a couple of things, but one of the things that really stood out to me was the, um, was the fucking music and the sound design of this it just reminded me a bit of texas chainsaw throughout uh mm. some of that those um scenes uh at the church or just outside the church when it's just desolate like that and we're just seeing these like op- uh, we're just seeing that ch- uh that chapel and it it just it, it just re- uh, those moments there are moments in that uh, this that are really fucking creepy but uh anyway but yeah she's uh, uh the woman is transfixed when and she gets the chapel, yeah. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Where were oh, we? I mean when they're, um, well, yeah. So they're out. They're outside the church, and he, um, <laughs> Tom Skerritt sees his brother's car, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal the car because that's that's my brother's car." Yeah. And he ends up just one of the one of the um, black hood dudes shoots the car because Shatner came with a shotgun. So now they have Shatner's shotgun. He had shot one of the one of the zombie black hood guys, and all this white goo came out, and I'm like, oh man, is that symbolic of something too? They don't have blood once you turn into a satanist. You're just full of cum. Ugh, I don't need to think about that. That's not cool. That's not a good trade off. I need blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that a big satanist thing? Is you're supposed to have blood? Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, you know, Anton, you fucked up. You fucked up. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was sex. Yeah. <laughs> 
what if we uh, make all the people come inside, you know, inside their bodies, there's cum, and then it squirts out of their faces. Sure, sure, that's what we'll do, Anton. So yeah, so yeah one of the guys shoots Shatner's car, so Tom Skerritt just runs it right to the building, and, is, and they're like, ah, fuck, I guess we have to run into this building for some reason. <laughs> ah! And he, and he runs up the stairs, and that's when Cowboy Eyeless Travolta comes out and just yeah. tackles ah! him. And it's like, whoa, this is some pre-urban cowboy, urban cowboy with no eyeballs. Yeah, five uh, five years away. That, yeah. that came out in eighty. So why is he? Why is he wearing a ten gallon hat? I don't understand. But but they're in the desert. I guess they're, I was they're inspi- cowboy satanists. I was inspired. I took what I learned from this satanist movie, The Devil's Reign, into urban cowboy because <laughs> no, never mind. But um, yeah, there's uh, it. They go. He goes after him. I I yeah. I it took uh, now. I'm seeing Travolta in my head. It's just he's not as. I, I wanted him to have more lines and more. I wanted him. Well, this was this was his first film. Yeah. And this was his first film role. Yeah. And it's, it's he still, still had the he had the Saturday Night Fever here going because it was nineteen. And he shot up nineteen, and then nine, two years later, nineteen seventy seven Saturday Night Fever. That's why. Well, it I is. think um I believe was um Welcome Back Cotter a little bit before that. I think he might have done done that first. Let's see here. Um, looking eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Cotter was seventy five. Oh, same so, year, same year. Yeah, so. and he had a he had a very big role in that. He was he was pretty funny, and I always enjoyed that show. But I'm getting off topic. Yeah, well, that's that's all right. No, uh, the what is it? Out? What the hell? It said. I looked up his Wikipedia. It says discography. There's a discography. He John Travolta. Not let, this is going to be a little bit John of John Travolta sings. We all know this, babe. Yeah, I, I know, but I knew he, he sung. I just didn't know he had like albums. He has albums. Right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised. By it. Dude, he was a huge star in the mid late seventies. Yeah, seventy uh, seventy six. He had so many fucking. He had so many fucking songs out. It's amazing. All right, so. Just so you know, here are some of uh, John Travolta's albums. Over here, the musical, uh, nineteen seventy-six, self-titled, John Travolta. Can't let you go, nineteen seventy-seven, nineteen seventy-eight, Travolta Fever. Oh my gosh! As well as the Grease soundtrack came out that year. That went to number one. Well, yeah, that's that was gigantic. Two of a kind in nineteen eighty three. That on that soundtrack he sung, I believe. Uh, the Road to Freedom is a collaboration in nineteen eighty six. In nineteen ninety six, he has an album called Letter In, the best of John Travolta. Wow. Uh, and then in two thousand three, if you do not have all the albums, there is the album. The Collection, which is um, the collection of John Travolta songs. And then in 2007, he, of course, sings on Hairspray, the remake. Oh, sure. And then, of course, in 2012, sad to hear, because she just died recently, he did a Christmas album with Olivia Newton-John. Aww. Which would have... I want to hear that. That sounds cool. Anyway, I'm, we're getting a bit off topic. I just wanted to... I, I wanted to... I wanted to track a little bit of John Travolta. I now see his freaking filmography. I wanted to see what exactly... How exactly... Um, yeah, he... Yeah, Boy in the Plastic Bubble and Carrie is the next year. So that's, it's insane how he fucking, he he got fucking lucky. He had a fucking really great run. 
My God. Anyway. He started on commercials and everything, so yeah. he, he paid his Travolta dues. Yeah, and now he's in wonderful, wonderful trash. Just yes. Of our, some of our favorite <laughs> oh, modern trash. Anyway, but we're getting off topic. Yeah, but uh, we... Some... I, I don't know where you want to go if you want to go through all of the story, because it's just... Tom goes under, you know, Tom goes under cover, the Tom Scarrett or whatever. Well, here, well, here's the thing. So his wife can, I guess, see in the past due to her ESPenis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> penis. Um, and she sees that back in, you know, Pilgrim times, I want to say it was, it was 1631. I think they, um, we saw, we see a bit of the book cause it's all written in, oh no, 1680. 1680 in Wellington, and this guy John knew all this stuff too, but nobody told Tom Skerritt, and um, somehow Dr. Sam also knows that the book has been in his family for three centuries, and he hasn't seen it, but he was aware that it existed. I don't know. So she sees back in, um, back in 1680, they were all some part of some satanic cult, but they were still wearing the buckle hats and everything, and we know that it was very puritanical in the country at the time, um, and... William Shatner's wife, um, Aronessa, betrayed the cult mm. to the Christians. Yeah. And somehow, at some point, Shatner's family went from being Satanists to being Christians, and then they were trying to you know, fight Corbus. But Corbus had, um, you know, a, a vendetta against them for um, getting them all burned at the stake. Yes. <laughs> for thinking of them that they were Satanists in puritanical England. Yeah. Or not England, I'm sorry, this was in the States. This was the New England. New England. Which is in America. The, the better England. The, or no, 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 I wouldn't say that. Maybe. But, um, yeah. Oh, my God. And he swore vengeance again against all of Shatner's descendants until he finally gets the book back. Yeah. And that that's what happens here. And now Tom Skerritt has to go undercover as a black robe dude to try and retrieve the book so that Borgdine can't do whatever it is he wants to do. And, uh... There's another, there's another ceremony, of course, and uh, hear me, hear me, O Lord, is, uh, Ernest look, it turns into a demon during that whole fucking thing. It's That's the funniest looking, like, rubber-faced, rubber-horned yeah. fucking goat It's fucking delicious. Devil. I love it's, it. It's, it's, it's absurd. It, it actually vibes with the entire movie. Yeah. It makes sense that he looks like that, if you want to look up a fucking picture of that shit, but, uh. Yeah, he uh, just and they keep on doing that creepy face with where you can't see the eyes and the goo and the oh fucking Jesus. Um, he finds his mom right there. He he's like oh throughout the entire you know thing. He just like oh no, and then he looks as ah my gosh, my mom was there. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Re uh, he had to regroup and think after all that pain and just um eventually he had to uh anyway i'm a bit lost but it, uh, i i'm going off some of my notes I, so, so they're out in the all the satanists are out in the desert and they're doing some sort of sacrifice thing with shatner yeah um you know drops of blood and this and that and they're turning it they're kind of putting him on a cross and turning him into wax i guess that's what the devil does he just turns people into wax and that explains the, like the little wax doll that he found, um, Shatner found on his um, car steering wheel when he first went to drive to Redstone. It's like, oh, okay, that finally sort of makes sense. That yeah, but that uh, they're doing weird. Pay they're uh, they're paying stuff off and uh, doing closure for 
for stuff in a very awkward, bad way. I can't. It, it just. Oh, okay. We finally find this out. If, uh, like another third of the way, it pays off. That is, but it they do it so awkwardly and uh, so disjointed. While yeah, anyway. while they're doing that that out in the desert, um, Doctor Sam and Tom Skerritt are rifling through. They're trying to find the book, I guess, so that they can't complete the ritual or something. And they find this big, weird ass looking Christmas ornament yeah. with all the souls in it. <laughs> So that's what Ernest Borgnine does is he separates souls from all these people and turns them into these eyeless zombies and keeps their souls in this weird, creepy-ass looking giant Christmas ornament thing. And that it's apparently... Christmas that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a giant Christmas ornament. No, I, I it's like agree. clear and you can like see all Corbus's collection of souls. Yes. Oh, God. And then that's supposed to be a big part of the end of the ceremony where... Borgnan, I guess, finally gets his revenge on all the descendants or something. But then Tom Skerritt talks to his brother as the eyeless zombie, saying, like, no, you're actually Martin Fife, who was who was the descendant that got whose wife faked on everybody. And it's like, remember your wife, Aranessa? She turned you in. And then something just snaps in Shatner, and he remembered. And he's like, oh, I'm Martin Fife. I, I better do what my why Faranessa said, I remember, and he, you know, throws down the giant Christmas ornament and with all the souls in it and just releases all the trapped souls. And, you know, then Corpus turns back into the rubber horned devil, and, the, and that's what brings on the devil's reign. Not R-E-I-G-N, mind you. It's literally... Actual R- reign. Yeah, R-A-I-N. That's what brings on the devil's reign. And I guess what the devil's reign does is it melts all the Satanists. It's chubby reign. <clears throat> What? Chubby Rain, Bowfinger. You don't uh, remember oh, that? No, All right, I no, don't get that reference. No. All right, go ahead. So yeah, it brings down the Devil's Rain, and it melts all these people for like five real life, real time minutes. We just—they're like, well, we put a lot of money into all this. Uh, Let's melt, fucking all this, you know, melting people makeup. We might as well get sure it all on fucking all film. Yeah. It goes on for a long time. Okay, it's the devil's reign. Why would it destroy Satanists? Why wouldn't it help them in some way? Yeah, yeah. Isn't rain supposed to cleanse, you know? Oh, okay. I guess that's what they're doing. So Corbus falls inside the hole, I think, where the Christmas ornament was. And he explodes. And then the church just kind of catches on fire, even though it's raining outside. And then they're they're still fucking melting. We're still watching these faces melt. These people are just bubbling up. And Borgnine, he's not dead. He starts to climb out of the hole. But then for some crazy-ass reason that is unexplained, the church explodes entirely. It does. And then it's the end. We think it's a happy ending, and all the Satanists have been gone and melted. And then Julie, Tom Skerritt's wife, you know, hugs him, but then she turns into Corbis, and we find out her soul is now stuck in another Christmas snow globe. <laughs> Credits roll. What the fuck? <laughs> Explain any of that to me. I can't, baby. I can't. I I barely... I can't. There's no... <laughs> they didn't know how to end the movie. They didn't know how to end the movie, and so they just, okay... This is what the whole bullshit is. This is what the logical conclusion to all of this is, definitely. Yeah, very God logical. Very it. conclusion-y. Conclusion-y. God damn. Well, 
I can't, uh, that, that's certainly something I saw. Yeah, so that's that movie. I, uh, do you, alrighty. I want to see here, just real quickly. Um, here's some, uh, here's some quotes from, uh, uh, here are some, um, reviews up oh, okay. from the time. Just so you Where can. Where are these reviews from? Th- these are from uh, Wikipedia. I just wanted to r- read this for you. Received a uniformly negative critical response, with the chief complaint being the incoherent storyline. No shit. <laughs> New York Times says The Devil's Reign is ostensibly a horror film, but it barely manages to be a horror, as it is horrible as watching an egg fry. Roger Ebert says, all of this would be good silly fun if the movie weren't so painfully dull. The problem is that the material's stretched too thin. There's not enough to fill a feature-length film. He particularly decided, derided the exhaustive melting of the Satanists at the finale. Yes. He gave the film one and a half stars out of four and eventually added it to his most hated list. Ah. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. In the... In his 2010 book, Showgirls, Teen Wolves, and, and Astro Zombies, Australian f- film reviewer Michael Adams called The Devil's Reign the ultimate cult movie. It's about a cult, has a cult following, was desi- devised with input from a cult leader, and saw a future superstar indoctrinated into a cult he'd help popularize. The latter references to John Travolta and Scientology. Wow. But... That none of that fucking shit matters because the story isn't there. There's no story. There's no any. This is just. It's awful. It's bullshit. Let's move on. God damn it. Um. <laughs> well, this. I. Uh, yeah. God so damn that's the Satanist film. No, no. I, yeah. God damn the Satanist film. It, it just. It, it makes me embarrassed that people are gonna watch that and they're gonna think we that we watched it. No, the, no. I know people. Are, no, no. I meant that people are going to watch it and think that's what Satanists do. That's not what Satanists do. At least that's not what Satanists nowadays do. Um. I want to. Uh, all right. So, let's move on to a much, much more. Uh. uh would you say a much more coherent movie? Yeah, it's more coherent. I did enjoy this movie more. I enjoyed this movie more. Yeah, this is... It was um, too fucking long, if you ask me. This is... Uh, yeah, this needed to be shaved... 30, 30 minutes need to be shaved after this. This needed to be t- tighter, Roman. Not that I... Not, whatever. But uh, this is the movie he does before The Pianist, which wins him his uh, which wins him his Oscar. This is the movie before he does this. Which he could not accept. Yeah, which he could not accept because he's an uh, awful pervert. And a piece of shit. Alrighty. Uh, he doesn't, you know, admit his faults. We're talking about Polanski, if you can't tell. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, and we, I guess we have to say this before we get into anything. I I abhor his, his actions. I abhor that he didn't fucking show up to get charged and, uh, sir, and go through a trial when he fucking should have. Even though that the victim has forgiven him, it's still a very, 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 very fucked up, horrible, awful, shithead, heinous thing to do. And uh, But it does, uh, knowing that he's compromised and complicated and fucked up and terrible, can also, horrible people can make brilliant art. It's just, Not you know, this. Not th- this isn't brilliant. This isn't one of his. This isn't Rosemary's Baby. This isn't Chinatown. This isn't this isn't even Bitter Moon, which is really good. Um, can I can I just go over? Um, 
This is some trivia from um, IMDb Trivia, and these were not put um, sequentially, but I put them sequentially to uh, try and make a bit of a point here. Okay, cool. I love um, points. Yes. Um, the New York City sequences were shot in Paris. <laughs> Yeah. We, we should we should say that we are doing the Ninth Gate from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, not from nineteen ninety nine, which was released in nineteen ninety nine, but was released in the United States in United States in March two thousand. And we'll get to what else was being released and after after I want to interrupt. It says uh, the New York City sequences were shot in Paris because yeah. Roman Polanski could not Goodness. set foot into America. He was still wanted for his 1977 pedophilic sex crime charges for drugging and raping the 13-year-old Samantha Gailey. Next point, I put sequentially after this. Okay. Johnny Depp didn't take his usual $10 million fee for the opportunity to work with Roman and Polanski. Uh, and uh, we're doing a... Uh, 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 we we have one canceled director directing a fairly, I, I would say, I, I don't know, sixty five percent canceled dude. Uh, before we knew of any of his toxicity, um, that uh, of how toxic he was in relationships. Anyway, uh, one uh, since we're talking about him a little bit, he met his long him being Johnny Depp met his long-term girlfriend on this movie that stayed with him from this movie till 2012 and who was that that is her name is Vanessa Paradis and she was about uh 25 when she met Johnny Depp on this picture in 1990 in the summer of 1998 he was about 35 but they were uh together for uh 12 uh, uh Till uh, 2012, they have two children together. I think this is probably his most stable relationship that he was ever in. And they met on this movie. I thought she was the uh, girl that was like that turns into a evil whatever at the end. We'll get to that, but it's not. She just was a person who was on on this set anyway. But um, yeah, this movie is. Uh, I. Uh, I love how we just show up and we open up because he can't shoot in New York. The way he shoots all of this stuff is can still kind of be fairly clunky. It fe doesn't feel like, oh, we're in New York, but these are very much feel like they're stock bad yeah. uh, New York. This feels like this is stock footage from like from <laughs> from they're the 90s lot. that is just like, oh, OK. Yeah, that it does look like a building. But whatever, but um, th this this movie, uh, yeah. Overall thoughts before we start, you know, <sighs> nothing really. I thought it needed to end quite a bit before the ending. And uh, there seemed to be a lot of waiting around and doing any of it. You know, just you're like, okay, her. Uh, it it didn't seem like it was going fast enough. It's felt like it was take it was lollygagging gagging and you know there were a lot of moments where he's just calling up franklin jell and just saying yeah i don't I, I have it but here's the update oh is that the update okay goodbye there was a couple of those scenes that you could have like either heightened up to give more information about or done less with anyway um yeah this this uh this movie is um it, this movie starts very strange too, which is like I like the opening credits where we fly through all the doors to yeah. see the credits. That was kind of cool. But even then, that that was a long opening credit. It was that was very like long. fucking it was like I long. like it felt like at least four or five minutes of just doing of of doing this, 
which is, uh, I, I guess, I guess fine. But uh, yeah, I guess before we get into the movie, movie, we got there's um, just just so you can uh, just so you know what's coming out this month, the month that came out in March 2000. This is where they dump shit. So you know, this is where they dump the work. The oh, worst the, movies. The post uh, post award season. Yeah, or yeah, because there's nothing else out. Uh, January, February, and March is when they usually. So just before we get into the movie, I just want to say the wonderful, fantastic films that were playing in March of 2000. If you were walking around during that time, the next best thing with Rupert Rett Everett and uh, Madonna. Oh. What planet are you from? With Annette Bening and Gary Shandling. My Dog Skip, Ghost Dog, which is really good. I like that. Drowning Mona. That's actually another really good underrated movie. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I've heard uh, of that. With uh, Bette Midler, Danny DeVito, Nev Campbell, and I... Oh, yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis. It's fucking awesome. Huh. It's a dark comedy. We might want to do that for the pod. Anyway, The Smokers. That's another movie that I thought that you might have uh, seen with... Um... Oh, God. Who was her name? Uh, fucking whatever. Uh, uh, with Busy Fit Phillips and Thora Birch. You've never no. seen that movie? Anyway, there's, uh, but there, the Life Size with Tyra Banks and oh, Lindsay Lohan. Another Woman's Husband with Lisa Rennie and Gail O'Grady. If you want to watch Lisa Rennie before, uh, Real Housewives in a actual movie, apparently. On... Th- Thin Ice, also known as Ice Angel, rated PG. I have no idea what that movie is about. And my one of my favorite filmmakers put out probably his worst movie of all time, which I still enjoy quite a bit, Mission to Mars. Brian De Palma's Mission to Mars came out the same fucking weekend. Uh, Prophecy 3 with fucking Christopher Walken. And also this month, High Fidelity, Aaron Brockovich, the original Final Destination, and... A uh, fucking oh god, Romeo must die with uh, Jet Li. So this was actually a packed fucking month. Anyway, but uh, yeah, this movie is also strangely has so much to do with books. This it's, is it's so, all about a book. It's all about books. So we uh, at the very beginning, at the uh, before the credits, we get to this. We uh we go inside the the camera goes inside this apartment of this guy who's this writing fan, yeah this fancy schmancy study yeah and he uh he's writing a suicide note or some sort of uh, note and uh, he he writes something and then uh, yeah the credits of how we do that was like this massive lo- library and then we go inside the books and then the cre- and then we have that credits but uh, yeah Depp plays a fucking book dealer like a shady like underhanded you know i'm i'm the douchebag that's gonna sell a a, a book that is like quote-unquote banned or whatever the fuck i mean no, like he was, he was an, an, an antique and rare bookseller but he he uh, but throughout the movie they keep on saying oh you must be a shady guy doing all these shady deals for yeah and it's like i will tell you how much these books are and he kind of scams his uh, when we first see him he kind of scams uh this cu- uh this this uh this uh these uh this couple and their and their older relative out of getting some books away from them that are much more expensive than they realize 
Well, I think I thought he was doing it the other way. He was saying because he ran into that other bookseller guy, and he was saying like, "Oh, the entire collection's worth like six hundred grand. I wouldn't take any any less for it." But um, the only thing that's really worth anything uh, by itself is this Don Quixote, which he pays four grand for. And you can tell the mute old man who whose book it is is uh, very displeased with that. Yeah. But you know, the, he. Uh, he gives them the four grand and they take it. And then he runs into another bookseller saying like, oh yeah, now that couple is overstating the price on everything and they won't take anything less. They're not going to be able to sell any of it. So I'm like, okay, so he's trying to get these people to overprice their library so that what he can, so that they can um, over, you know, price themselves out and then they'll end up just taking whatever and he can swoop in and buy them. Is that his game? I I think so. I think so. I, I think that's the most... I think that's the most obvious, you know, fucking thing here. But it's also like, get a second opinion. Yeah. It, you don't... Yeah, it, the, Johnny Depp is not your only bookseller in New York City. If you are... Or book dealer in New York City, if you... It, that's sad if the only... Also, the internet exists, existed at the time. And yeah, you could do that. There's Christie's and places where you can auction things off and get things valued. I mean, if you're in New York, there are places to get yeah. antique books valued. Don't go to... That bottom line, don't go to Johnny Depp to yeah, sell your books. Yeah, he doesn't books. know what he's talking about. No, he doesn't. <laughs> or he does, and he'll fuck you over. That's the problem. But, uh, yeah, uh, he he eventually... Yeah, he talks to his, he talks to his friend, and uh, he just... He's looking for, uh, he, he eventually gets in touch with, uh... Well, we see him, he's in some witchcraft, witchcraft, um, lit lecture, which seems pretty interesting to me. Yeah. But he's sleeping through it as another sign of, yes, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Does, uh, I, w- I would have been very interested in what was going... Yeah, yeah totally. I would have taken that class. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, and also, if you're a book guy, I mean, you'd think you'd want to know your lit. You which, th- which he does seem to do at the, we, we find out later in the film... But, you know, I just, it, it, maybe it's his, it it feels like he has a disdain for his, kind of, his uh, professional little bit, or his, or books itself. He's mostly into the dealing and trading of it, rather than actually Mm -hmm. caring about it. So when he is eventually, uh, yeah, that demon literature class. Which I was thinking, like, wow, how does somebody, how do you get to be an antique bookseller? That seems like a cool job. I wonder what kind of um, degree you have to get for that. It's like, dang! I wish I would have, I would have known that when I was eighteen. God, I don't know. I don't know how lucrative that uh, is now, but it would be. It would be pretty. Neat. Yeah, it's just because I mean, yeah, no one's gonna come I'd like to sell an ebook, a very rare ebook. No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, he's um, fucking Langella is teaching this. Uh, is doing this class. And, um, it's, I would, I would love to be part of this class. I want to hang, I want to fucking, I want to know the curriculum. I think that would be fucking So we find out that Frank Langella has this, um, rare and antique book collection, quote unquote, with the same protagonist, the devil. And I'm like, well, golly gee, that looks like an awful lot of books. I mean, how many can you think of? There's like Faust, Paradise Lost. What are the other ones you can think of? That would be, you know, centuries old. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, there's like only a handful. Yeah, I can't really think of any many. All of, all of my contemporary literary things of the devil are all contempt. They're all contemporary. They're not like anything. No, I can't. Yeah, there's. I'm sure. I maybe I haven't delved deep into devil literature as much as I probably should have. You know, but uh, 
I just um it, yeah, I I I really I really liked how he was playing how Lynn Jello was playing this character because uh I was thinking like, "Oh, I'm wondering if at the end Langella is going to be, you know, an incarnation of the devil, and he collects books about himself because, of course, the devil would be a narcissist. Yeah, of course, he would want to read about himself as the protagonist. Yes, yes, the devil is 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 selfless. That makes no sense. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, Um, I read and I read up that uh, on on the internets on the wiki uh, that uh, Frank Langella basically modeled his character after Peter Sellers' quilty character in Lolita. Oh, which is that's so weird. that is that he just went with that that way to do that, which is just a very strange it's just very odd. Anyway, um I would have really enjoyed I would have loved uh, this uh, a Satan uh, there's a Satan book collection. That is really fucking cool. I don't know how I I'm sure there's plenty of books on the devil. I just never really jumped jumped into all jumped into all of it. That continually irked me um, about like throughout this film was how Johnny Depp, the um, the you know antique book dealer, <laughs> how he treats these old books, especially this apparently one of only three copies. Yeah, and Franklin Gillette lets him touch what he thinks is the only real copy of his Nine Gates Devil book that's, you know, three centuries old. Yeah. Lets him, he lets him touch the pages without gloves? Yeah, that's not hands. cool. Yeah. I, I mean, is, I'm no expert or anything, but aren't, you know, yeah. skin oils bad for not, really old people? Yeah, no I shit. I think so, yeah. And he continues to treat this book poorly, and it pisses me off the, the entire time. <laughs> he smokes while he's reading it? Yeah, that's not He photocopies good. it? It's no. Like, isn't that bright like Again, that? you're not, this is this is not a good book dealer. He is a scoundrel. He's not, he's a jackass. He's much more interested. Also, it's like, dude, why are you letting care me, about okay, the so books. you want him to go and compare this book with the other, apparently two, only other real copies from the same era you're let him letting him take the actual book when he could like use a phone or a digicam and take photos yeah it's 1999 or even 1998 it's filmed in 98 so you he could, could have do- a whole slideshow in a laptop and then well i mean i guess that wouldn't really jive with the whole book getting stolen or getting hurt and like we have to worry about what happens to the actual book but it's just like why would you let him take he wasn't even keeping it in glass yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. Know. I'm like. I'm just like. Yeah, touching it without gloves. I call bullshit. I call bullshit already. So there are three books and of the ninth gate, and he wants Johnny Depp to find out which one is the correct one. Oh, and well, yeah, which if, to make sure that the other the two authentic. are are not authentic, or if they are, to buy them so he he has all the authentic the actual copies. ones. Though, and I love how ones. Johnny Depp takes um, Langella's copy, and he just flips through the pages and he's like yeah even the paper sounds kosher again i call kosher i do not think that's how how book dealers authenticate (laughs) antique books this movie is really silly I, i i enjoy how silly it is but it can be a bit grating it just like oh, god damn it oh yeah and then and then johnny depp says why do you trust me to to take your book to europe and he's and Frank Langell is like, well, there's nothing more reliable than than a man whose loyalty can be bought for hard cash. Hot cash. Hard cash. 
Oh, I, like, I put yeah, hot I guess. <laughs> but that means his boil, his loyalty, Jesus, his loyalty, <laughs> his loyalty. His you loyalty can see. be boiled down to money, but that means it will <laughs> well, be boiled down to even more money. Well, by of course, else. if you're willing to work for a potential demon or a guy who wants to think he he wants to conjure. Uh, you know, Lucifer himself. But you know. I guess Depp doesn't know that at this point. Yeah, that's not... Uh, yeah. And d- d- uh, the Delamonicon, I love that word, Delamonicon, the book Satan wrote himself. Oh my. He wrote it himself? Now, I, I, that's... Actually, that's the other thing that always got, always got me about religious books is like, so is Jesus getting his cut? Who is... who? Where is all the money going to all this... Oh my gosh, Satan doing his fucking taxes. Oh, another dude bought my book. Oh, fucking bullshit. Anyway, doesn't make any sense. But, uh, it doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, sign. It, the, um, the books are, uh, yeah, when, he, uh, that, the cartoons in these books are fucking terrifying. They're engravings. I, I don't know if I'd call them cartoons. Okay, maybe. well, I'd like to think that devil, the devil was, is you know, cartoonist? is a cartoonist. Well, he's he's putting his fucking initials and his partner's initials in different fucking books. You would think, oh, oh wow, that that's, if I, I know artists and that's what artists do. They put their fucking initials on their work. So, oh yeah, okay. But I, yeah, we're saying, you're saying engravings. They are. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I, I, uh, so he's, he's more or less a, 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 a bastard book detective, and he thinks he can... That's, that's apt. <laughs> and, uh, he even says that throughout, he even says that I, I'm sort of a book detective, you know, I find the books and oh my, but, um, yeah, it, he go he goes to Spain, he, uh, eventually finds the uh, uh another large library and he we find about out about the guy who hanged himself andrew yeah he goes to talk to his wife first yeah he does and is like okay you know why'd he sell the book and yada yada so i'm kind of like okay what's going on here so he tried to what summon the devil and it didn't work so he hanged himself is that what's going on yeah i couldn't do it so i give up what fucking pussy all right let's move on but uh jeez come on <laughs> but i uh, you know I I really loved. Uh, well, then I, he goes back. He goes back to his own place, and the whole place is ramshackle. Like somebody broke in and was looking for something. So I'm like, oh, okay. So somebody knows he has this devil book and is after it. Okay, so here we go. So this is going to be part of the story. He's uh, yeah. Be- before that, he sees a lady that might not be there. He he he's starting to. It's starting to get in his brain already. He thinks people are following him. Yeah, and. Uh, Balkan owns. Oh, Balkan owns a nine a nine gates. Let's find sensational. <laughs> but uh, they uh, he drop he drops off. He wants to drop off the book before heading to Europe. He wants to make sure that it is safe and is not a is. Well, are are we are we skipping the weird sex scene? Oh oh, you want to go into yeah it was, yeah with the with the wife of the guy who hanged himself who originally owned that book and sold it to Frank Langella. Yeah. Um. She tells him, I have a great deal of money. And he says, yeah, I'm very happy for you. Because <laughs> he's a dick. <laughs> yes, we get it. But then she says, I love that. <laughs> That's a great... That should be said more often. Yes. <laughs> I'm very happy for your money that you have. Congratulations. And then she starts to make out with him really weirdly. Like, they're just rubbing their mouths, mouths against each other, but they're not kissing. 
and we see she has this swirly snake tattoo. It's so weird. Thigh, the so kissing is so something. fucking weird in the tattoo. Uh, yeah, so then she bones him, Roman. and then they wake up. And she like attacks him with her nails and bites him on the chest. And then like, dude, just tell him what your deal is. You just go in and bone him and you attack him. What you want the book? Just let him know what the fuck. Yeah, or at least you know, this is a weird thing to bring up, but you know, give him. You know, he needs to show consent. That's not you know whatever. But uh, (laughs) Depp gets hit. Get gets hit in the head. uh, You know, just and uh, Bernie. Yeah. So anyway. Sorry, yeah, he goes to Spain. Yeah, he goes to Spain, and uh, to, it, and I wrote this down, but uh, and you told me to write this down when we were talking about. But the music is so fucking nuts throughout this and goddamn entire thing. When it's not being overly melodramatic, it's being super goddamn goofy. It's yes. either. Like, it's either in a nineteen fifties melodrama or in a Disney goddamn movie. Yeah, I was Disney like, movie. is this supposed to be creepy or goofy? I can't tell because there's a lot of like do 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 like woodwinds, and I found out that the um the music is by the um the Prague Philharmonic. So okay, it's people who know what they're doing, but, but why are they doing it this but, way? Uh, yeah, but who uh, I uh, maybe we should look this up. But who wrote who wrote the actual music? God, it just doesn't make any. It just it it makes the movie so fucking keeps you off balance. Yeah, like, what exactly is the tone supposed to be here? Yeah, it just... Is is it supposed to be jolly? God damn it. Anyway, but the cab cab driver and the projection in the... Yeah. um, And, oh, God. Dean Corso in the phone booth is what I wrote down for some reason. But, yeah, on our way to Europe, book... uh, and she he talks with uh, Miss uh, the Teller, Mrs. Teller, right? Or am I wrong on there? Or am I not making any sense? What? To... No, I don't know. Um, yeah. What is next? Uh, well, on the train, he sees random blonde chick, and we never find out her name. Yeah, it, it it she is just credited as the girl. There's no well, thanks, Roman, the girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and he finally he gets to he gets to Europe tells that uh forging uh, forging a book it would be tough to yeah he goes into that weird bookshop with like those old twin brothers who are booksellers with those like weird fake mustaches and they're goofy as shit too yeah that that again this (laughs) this felt not just because of fucking johnny depp being there but this felt tim that felt tim burtony that felt very uh it was it was very slightly um, lynchy too it's not yeah uh, it, which is maybe be, it's because of that why I kind of enjoyed this a little bit more than you did. But uh, yeah, it's like oh ho ho, you're trying to find out about this. Book? Ooh. Okay, and so we find but, out that the hang guy wasn't a devil worshiper, didn't care about the devil book at all. He just bought it for his wife, and it's like oh okay. Well, then why'd she sell it to Langella only to try and get it back from Depp and kill his bookseller friend who he tried to stash it with? Yeah. He so before he left for Europe, he stashed it with his other bookseller friend, who has a safe for his um super rare books and whatnot. And then he ends up dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. And then he's on the train, and he's fucking smoking, reading this priceless book. He's flipping the pages and just smoke, smoke, smoking. I think IMDb said he smoked seventeen cigarettes throughout the film, and it's like, dude, real cigarette? I mean, like not yeah, bullshit. Don- yeah, Johnny Depp smokes. I mean, maybe they smoke. didn't let him because wait, no, he probably still does. Um, he might, he might not. I know he did at some point. They might be fake cigarettes because of film. Yeah, the clove I'm- shit. 
I don't know if, um, I know they do herbals, but I don't know if clove is considered, because those are not good. Or maybe I just said Um, clove. But it's also, you might just be smoking cigarettes, I think it's cheaper. I don't, that I don't know. But I'm just saying, not around a priceless book. You're gonna, it's gonna fucking make the book reek, it's gonna ruin the paper, it's gonna... And if you cared actually about your goddamn business and doing this correctly, you would be, you know... If I was working for a guy who wanted to talk to Satan, you know, and wanted to know, I, and all this money's on the line and all this fucking shit, I would not be this fucking flagrant and just like, oh, frivolous, oh, like it doesn't fucking matter. So then he goes to this old other dude who also has a copy of um, of the book. The Vargas Collection. Yes, that's right. That's his name, Vargas. And he lets him look through the book, and the guy's like, wow, I, you know, I actually, I, there's two of them. This is, this is pretty crazy. Go ahead, take a peek. Again, letting him touch this, you know, 300-some-year-old other copy of this antique priceless book with his bare hands. I love how you just... And just flipping, flipping through both of these to, like, to compare. And it's like, dude, take pictures without flash, but it's like, just be like, dude, can I take some pictures of your book? What the fuck? <laughs> But we do see as he's examining the two books side by sides and taking notes. So he's taking notes, but it's like, dude, keep a fucking. I mean, I know I know Google Docs wasn't a thing at the time, but like, make a spreadsheet or something. You're just writing stuff in pencil. This is so maybe maybe because the book was written before that sort of technology. I'm not sure when the book was written, but okay, fine. But we do see that there are differences, and yeah. Langella's copy has um, the engravings have AT initials. While the Vargas copy has LCF initials. Yeah. And there are other differences, like um, keys being held in different hands. Hands, yeah. And um, a door locked and a door opened in in the different engravings. So that's fascinating. So he's trying to authenticate it, I guess. But what are you authenticating it against? Who's going to know which one is... Yeah. Which one is real? Yeah. And uh, there's... He... uh... He eventually has to talk to Langella again. I, I'm, I might be skipping stuff, but yeah, the, he eventually needs to. And of course, Langella just wants him to get all the copies, just reminding you again, hey, get the copies. Again, we don't need this. We don't really need this scene unless you're going to give us well, new he, information. Well, he does straight up tell him that Vargas said he wouldn't sell his copy, yeah. quote unquote, to save his life. And then we see that the blonde chick is following him. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. And she's the one. She like shows up on a motorbike, takes him back to Vargas' place. Like, yeah, you need to, you need to see this. Bit book forward. Again. I don't know if I would. You and, know. Yeah, I know. And it's like, how do you know what's going on? And he doesn't seem to ask a whole lot of questions. He's just like, okay. ooh, pretty lady. Here we go. Like, okay, let's go back to Vargas' place, and where he has been drowned in his own koi pond, which is how I want to go. Yeah, exactly. My God. And his nine gates book is found burned in a fireplace. Coinciding. <gasps> uh, oh that's no! What are we gonna do here? Back? Off to Paris. <laughs> and then and then they, you know, it's, um, yeah, they're just walk, walking around town, and it's dark, and blah, 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 and he, um, they get accosted by criminals, yeah. and beaten up, and whatnot, they're trying to, they're trying to take the copy of his book, and the, the blonde chick, she literally flies down the stairs. Yeah, that, is never that was fucking nuts, never explained, not anything. He didn't even ask! He's like, wait, bitch, did you just fly? Yeah, that that should have been... <laughs> After this I weird mean, guy trips Johnny Depp. I mean, I him. guess there's the reveal at the end, but that we don't. It, the reveal at the end doesn't really explain how 
she was able to fly. Panty, you fucker. Come on. Over here. But, uh, yeah, eventually, God, there, there's, I, I, I couldn't believe that she flew and nothing, we don't, we don't mention it. We don't talk about it. There's just, there's so many fucking weird holes in this that enraged, it kind of enraged me in a good, yeah, just. At first I thought they stole Frank Langella's book, but I guess they didn't. No, they didn't. They just broke Johnny Depp's glasses, and he's wearing broken glasses for the next, like, 15 minutes of the movie, which is driving me insane. I'm like, you know you've got a spare pair. Come on. <laughs> but it's the deterioration of his character throughout all of this oh, pain. That's what we're, you know, supposed to... And his earpiece kept being kind of off of his ear, and I'm like, fix your fucking earpiece! How does that not drive you nuts? That must feel weird. It looks as an weird. actor, or as a... <laughs> Both! Yeah. As the... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so... Oh, and that's what... He gets the... Oh, they go back to his room, and she gets a bloody nose and, like, wipes it... Wipes it off her nose and wipes it on his face. And I'm like, okay, are we gonna do some weird bloody sex stuff now? As it turns out, we do not. Yeah, we do not, which is surprising. But, uh... Yeah, she... she They eventually go to see the... Uh, he goes to see the Kessler collection the baroness yes yeah before that he he has little children staring at there's a little child that stares at him before that before he goes to see the collection it's just it's there's a lot of unnerving weird kind of weird shit for no reason that i that i enjoyed but is not as it's not pulled off as well as other fucking mat uh, uh absurdist masters can do it or creepy masters mm. can do it it just anyway so when we get to the Kess uh, the Kessler the Kessler collection, and she only has one hand, she's pointing at him to tell him to leave, and I'm like, wait, does she not have a hand? Yeah, and they're, and they're just not going to say anything about that. All right. There's all sorts of like <laughs> details that are not like mentioned or not that mentioned. Not that I care. I mean, it just it would. It's just odd that anyway. But, yeah, and at first she won't let him see her copy because it's like ah fucking Frank Langella. I forget his character's name. It's like no that fucker. No, I, no, I don't Get like that fucker. Here. I'm writing my own biography of Satan. All right, I don't need his help. I don't need his dumb fucking bullshit. And but, and the her uh, her secretary loves to eat oranges. Yeah, that's. You know, yeah, there's all sorts of weird fucking shit in this movie that doesn't make any sense. I'm just gonna peel an orange at my desk. You better get the fuck out. You're told to get the fuck out. Let me eat my orange. <laughs> God damn it, Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. So, the next part of the... Oh, and then he goes back to his room, and he's hiding the book. I think he's putting it in his hotel room safe, which I'm like, why didn't you do that in the first, first place? First place, but it's a, not. But yeah, but it's not. It's like, dude, get a room with a safe. You have a priceless artifact. What the fuck is your problem? You apparently have unlimited... Cash. Things. Go to a hotel that has... From Satan's little helper. A hotel safe in the room. But no, he's hiding it behind the mini fridge. I'm like, God damn it! this dude taking care of this book. What if there's a leak? Those things can leak. He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But no, it doesn't leak, but it gets stolen anyway. Yeah, it gets stolen because anyway. Because that's not a good hiding place. No, you don't. <laughs> this is so stupid. Sew it into your mattress or something. So fucking stupid. Do something, have some, a box with a false bottom. That still isn't great, but it's better than behind the freaking mini fridge. 
Yeah. That's the first place I would look after having seen this film. <laughs> You're very funny. Before it gets stolen, he makes he makes fucking photocopies of the old book. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, that that can't be good for it. No, it's not good. That's why for they that. don't let you use flash in museums because you can't put bright light on on old things, including old people. They don't like it. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, he tell he goes back to the Baroness and he's like, I need to show you this. These engravings are different. And she says, and I quote, that puts an entirely different complexion on the matter. <laughs> really? All right. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Jesus. So that's interesting. I never heard the word complexion used that way, but okay. So he's compare, he's comparing, um, the other, um, the Langella book is stolen, but he's trying to compare the burned book. Yeah. With her copy. To see the differences. And then he, you know, gets knocked out on the head. Um, <clears throat> well, and then, oh, and then he wakes up after getting knocked up. And the, the Baroness, who's in a wheelchair, in a motorized wheelchair, she's just stuck in the corner. And she's, like, trying to get out of the corner. And I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck is happening That here? was creepy. I like that. Like, that was disturbing. Yeah, there's that, something definitely going on there. That fucked me up. And then the chair turns around and she just busts through the doors back into the library, which is on fire. I'm like, well, that's fucking gnarly. Fire, oranges, clean off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, her whole library's on fire and she just burns to death. The, to the, the tongue being out, that was fucking creepy uh, yeah, too. Yeah, that whole, that whole part was like, that lady was, that lady was fucked up. I don't, I didn't like that. But, uh, yeah, the, and then, you know, drinking from the, and he goes back, drinks from the mini bar, uh, fucking, and his la the last copy is gone. Oh this no! This is where we find out it's been stolen. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife was here. Oh really? My wife was here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Really? What did she look like? <laughs> oh, I wrote this down. Just doesn't make any sense. Make it assured, Mister Turd. That is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was. It's been a week since we saw since we oh, saw but, these movies. So he some of those. And oh, he yeah. knows that the hanged guy's wife is in town looking yeah. for him. And like, okay, he she's here with um a black dude with platinum blonde hair, which is like way to be inconspicuous. Yeah. So find you know, find out where they're staying, and you're like, Yeah, make it happen, Captain. <laughs> make it assured, Mr. Turd. And I'm like, <laughs> I enjoy that right there now. <laughs> you know, just there's a fat uh, I, the next thing I wrote down was fat guy in a fast car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, this, um, this big, I guess, ritzy dude shows up in, like, a Porsche or a Ferrari. I don't know my sports cars. Um, but then they're trying to find the wife and the black dude who they think stole, were the ones that stole, stole the book. Stole the book, At first yeah. he thought random blonde chick stole the book, and he confronts her while he's on the phone with Langella, and she's like, dude, no, no. why would I, why would I show back up here if I stole your book, Yeah. Durr. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm so sorry. They, yeah. <laughs> So then she she steals a sports car to follow the wife, and they're just driving around in this stolen sports car in Europe. And Johnny Depp he opens the glove box, plays with the scarf, and puts like the chick's sunglasses on, and then he just puts everything back in the glove box and shuts it. Why? Why did you? Why did you do that? Why did we need to see that? Why did that happen? I I don't understand, but okay. I don't understand either. <laughs> Didn't. Okay. But uh, then they catch up to the wife and the black dude. They get who, to St. Martin's house, or they get to the house, the mansion. Yeah. 
and, and uh, that's where they're going to be doing the ritual this, thing. Uh, another another ceremony, trying to conjure some fuckers to make their life their life on Earth better. I know it's like you're already rich as fuck. Like, what more do you need? Yeah, that's that's been my main prop. I mean, like, other than now that you're wealthy, this happens in my 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 favorite, you know, or my my one of my favorite Kubrick movies too, Eyes Wide Shut. You already you don't need to. It's just what what more power do you you need more power to talk to the the biggest bad guy in the world to what to make you even more powerful? How much like is enough? Yeah, again, it's not you know you have enough cash. You're old. You're gonna die soon. You're gonna see Satan then. All right, you don't need to see him now. Just be patient. Just goddamn it, fucking idiots. So Frank Landell, of course, is there as well. He's been <laughs> He's following like, him the entire time. He breaks in on the situation. Like, this is all bullshit. Mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo. This is not the way to do it to fulfill your lust. You need to fulfill your book lust, like me. I, you gotta do it my way. I'm doing Satanism the correct way. You're doing it the stupid way. This is fucking. You go with your it. with your having a a group party orgy thing. Yeah. That's dumb. With your robes, I was never invited. He's bringing that type of energy to everything. I wasn't invited to your cool fucking sex weird party. You think you're gonna get Satan that way? That's bullshit. Anyway. Yeah. So everybody. So they all get shot. Franklin Angela takes all the books. So we find out what the deal is. Is you have to have the copies. There are. What nine engravings in the nine yeah. books, and you or there's three different engravings in the three books to make nine, nine. and they and you need the ones with all of the initials. initials so yeah. that's where everything yeah, is put yeah, together. together. You have yeah. to have all these engravings from the three books. That's why he needed. The three They're books. all three books are authentic. They're all real. They're all real. He wrote all three. It was a series like Lord of the Ring. All right. Um, so then Frankel Angela's trying to conjure the devil. Yeah. And Johnny Depp tries to break in on him. He comes in through the window and he gets stuck in the floor, <laughs> which just looks dumb as shit. He's just in there wiggling around, stuck in the so floorboards, funny. just wiggling around. Depp in the floor, Langella going hardcore ham, just going, ah! Yeah, he's going hardcore ham and he, you know, summons the devil and then he like pours gasoline, you know, in, you know, in, the, in the circle thing that you have to light on fire. But then he starts pouring the gasoline on himself and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to end well for you, douche. This can't be good. And so he lights himself on fire, and he's like, ha ha, I feel nothing. But <laughs> you feel nothing. <laughs> because he's Satan now. But then he starts going like, oh, 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 and he starts freaking out. And I'm like, yeah, <gasps> homie, self-immolation is not going to work out well for you. It never does. It's Satan ain't going to save you, dum-dum. Nope. Yeah, why would he? That's not what he does. Satan doesn't save. It's a, Satan doesn't even save his slaves. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, the, how, how does Faust Satan. turn out, dude? Bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Faust turns out bad. Um, so Frankelangela burns to death, I guess. And and then eventually Depp puts him out of his goddamn misery. Yeah, and now Depp and random blonde chick are just randomly boning in the random fight. Make out in sex time with morphing demon lady. Yeah, mm. I feel like I missed something. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, so there's... Okay, there's... Sh- then it just says, I just wrote down, running low on gas. Shell might uh, might have financed this movie. Yeah, because they show, that's at least the second time they show a very prominent Shell logo. Yeah. I noticed that. And one of them was when they were just walking down a street, not even at a gas station in Europe. It was just a big Shell sign. And I'm like, what did Shell have to do with this film? 
<laughs> probably find it. Shall we'd like a movie about Satanism yeah. that tells the books no, that are involved was with Lucifer and how he wrote his books? Because we're a evil oil company and we want to be consistent. Um, <laughs> and then there's the uh, yeah I this went long. You didn't need this. You didn't. You could have fucking. You, Roman could have cut this movie at right at the end of fucking the demon lady. You you could have just said, "All right, done." As per usual. Yeah, it, it, as per usual. Come on, fucker. And then just there you go. And then then he's walking into the light. Ooh, walking into the light. Oh my. Good for you, Johnny. You can walk into the light. Oh, God. Well, that the was end. the end of that fucking movie. Okay, here is um okay, I want I want to read some uh critical reception to this movie that I found on uh wiki. Uh here we go. Um <laughs> Oh my god. All right, at the time, uh Roger Ebert said the ending was lackluster where while at the end I didn't yearn for Spectacular special effects. I did wish for spectacular information, something awesome, not just a fade to white. Thank you, Roger. You're correct there. Elvis Mitchell said the movie was as as scary as a sock puppet reenactment of the Blair Witch Project and not nearly as funny. (laughs) Jesus. Entertainment Weekly gave it a D plus and said it had an aroma of middle brow, art house, euro rot, a whiff of decay and Hatuar in a film not even a star as foxed and as foxy as Johnny Depp himself could save. Los uh. Angeles Times said too laid back and unconcerned about the pacing of its story to be satisfying. Uh. Fuck yes. Never on the fu- Because a thriller that's not high-powered is an intriguing concept. In reality, it can hold our attention for only so long. Village Voice says it was barely... It was barely releasable hokum stuffed with cheesy blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Village Voice. That was fucking hilarious. And um, yeah, Europe, European reviews were more attentive and praised the film's pace and irony. Really? Oh, God. Oh, fucking sight and sound said it was not particularly liked at first outing, partly because Johnny Depp in fake gray temples personifies his onious corso of the book a little too accurately. This film, the film is intricately well-made, deserves a second chance despite its disintegrations and in time will undoubtedly acquire its own coven of heretical fans. Don't, I don't think so, dude. Clancy's what the fuck in time Richard Corliss whose name rhymes with Corbus he said that the ninth gate was Polanski's most accessible effort since fleeing the US Ugh. soon after Chinatown yeah most accessible yeah thank you no it was easy to find no, oh, yeah, they had, yeah. It was, I, I, we accessed it. It was easy. Depp is the best reason to see Polanski's satanic thriller and Polanski's sly sense of film noir conventions pokes fun at the genre while at the same time honoring it. No, no, San Francisco Chronicle. No, you're wrong. 
and Ar- uh, Artisan – oh, after the release of Ninth Gate, Artisan sued Polanski for taking more than a million from the – million dollars from the budget refunds of France's value-added tax that he did not give to the completion bond company guaranteeing Artisan Entertainment a completed film. So he stole a million bucks from the fucking – Dude. Oh, not only do I do this other thing, I also steal. <laughs> okay. Wow. So this has been top-notch nonsense. All right, here we go. Fucking holy shit. Um, if you have to see these movies. And you don't. And you don't. Yeah, thank you for listening to us. We're wonderful. But holy <laughs> fucking god damn, you do not. Uh, this Of all the Satan movies that came out in 1999, this was... One of, One of them. 